Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the DFS Dreamers here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. Hey, Pierre, how are you doing this week, buddy, Ro? Doing well, Wes, doing well. How are you, sir? I am doing great. You can follow Pierre over on Twitter at Wee. What is it? Wee 31 P-W-E-31. See, I usually write these things down. P. W-E-31, and I, I failed to write it down this week. I don't know why I didn't write it down. Well, I do. I'm, I've been working more than I usually have, so I didn't have time to write it down. But I have other notes, and we're going to talk about these games, not only the DraftKings slate, but I want to kind of single out some of these games in particular that have got high point totals and low point totals, just so we can talk about it, maybe sound a little bit differently. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, Wes Easley, at it on Twitter, and the show also, the Fantasy Impact Today Network, at FI Today with a little underscore on Twitter. That way you can see all the things. We did pretty good on our fit picks. We've been doing really good as a, a group, as a network on those fit picks, haven't we, Pierre? Yeah, we've we've done really well. It's really tight when you look at the the records. And I, I think I got a little closer uh, with some of my island picks uh, this past week. I know I had the, the, the 49ers, uh, which was an island pick. And so that, that got me a little closer. And there was one more. I think you even had island pick, didn't you? Didn't you have the the Falcons on an island? I, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't. <laughs> I can't remember. I did have. No, I did. I did. I had the Falcons. You're right. You're absolutely right. How about those apples, huh? Yeah, you're the only one. So those island picks worked out for for both of us for sure. Yeah, but uh, I and and there were some surprises, of course, in there. But yeah, I did have the Falcons. Really, coaching changes seem to have a spark to the teams, don't they? They do, and you got to think that these players, you know, they're they're run down, they're they're kind of fed up, and so that that new life, you know, their their the attention kind of turns to them. Once the coach is gone, uh, the attention turns to the players, and they really got to step up. And so far, they have uh, when the coaching changes happen this season. Yeah, that can make and, and you know I always say this, and you've heard me say it a couple times this year since you and I have been talking that the NFL, of course, does it's a copycat league. And so mm-hmm. once you see somebody do it, then you're going to do it too. And another big, so there there could be more coaching changes really soon. Not Adam Gase, of course. Adam Gase has got dirt on the owners there in, <laughs> in New York. <laughs> I don't understand it. He has some type of blackmail for sure. There's, <laughs> I never want to see someone out of a job, but I'm shocked that he still has his. Yeah. Uh, but uh, also, you know, you, you look at the Vikings situation and other situations as well, that that just could make a little bit of turnover here in the very near future. And I'm going to tell you, if you don't watch Chicago Bears games, you should a little bit because <laughs> you watch that coach and he is coaching for his job. He knows he is, is he is on the line because <laughs> he's making some decisions like this is my last shot here to win this game. I may be gone tomorrow if I lose this game, even though they're five and one or whatever record they are sitting on top of that NFC North division. They are They're They're on top. I, I won't tell my wife that she's a, a Packers fan. I believe they're a half game behind at four and one, but yeah, Matt Nagy's, you know, he's putting it together. Uh, Foles has definitely helped. Uh, they're not blowing anyone out, but they're, they're winning games. And that's, that's all that matters in the, the win loss record. And then Chuck Pagano, uh, Always close to my heart with the leukemia battle that he he faced yeah. here in Indianapolis. Glad to see him being successful as a, the defensive coordinator. 
And I think that's one reason why Nagy is coaching for his job, which is good that he is. He's not waiting until tomorrow anymore because Pagano is sitting right there and he knows Pagano sitting right there. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but hey, we got a lot of different uh, games to talk about. And there's a couple that I want to just point out uh, to, to the listeners to maybe stay away from or to go after. I guess vigorously, eagerly, however you want to put that. One game that has got the lowest point total, I believe, of all the games at 46 points. It's the San Francisco versus the New England Patriot game. And and I wanted to just pick your brain on this one, Pierre, to see if uh, you're going to play anybody in this game. Yeah, not not really. I don't don't expect to play anyone. Uh, The the one play that I think you could make is going to be in the, the 49er backfield. Uh, Raheem Mostert went on the IR uh, again with a high ankle injury. Uh, so it's going to once again turn the backups there, which is Jarek McKinnon, uh, who who played really well in uh, the absence of Mostert before. And then they also caught up uh, Hastings. Uh, he looked pretty good. Uh, I want to say it was he only had like nine carries, 37 yards, but uh, he had some bursts. Um, he, he was swifty. And so, I mean, at his price tag and what he's going to come in at uh, this week, I think he could he could definitely be in play. But other than that, it's probably going to be the the two defenses. I expect uh, Belichick to know Garoppolo a little bit from his time in New England. Uh, so I like to see that matchup with the defenses here. I can I can see that. And uh, like you said about what, what's his name, Hasty? Yeah, Jamichael Hasty. He he was running like his hair was on fire last week. You know he was. I mean, he got caught up from the practice squad. That was his opportunity. And again, nine for thirty-seven. You know, four yards of carry coming off. Of, it's pretty good. Pretty good moment. Big stage. Uh, he's going to get more carries. You know, uh, McKenna's not really an airy down back. Uh, they didn't really use him as such uh, when he was in Minnesota either. Uh, again, he's recovering from an injury this year himself. He's looked good, uh, but I expect Hasty to get an opportunity, so he's going to have a chance to take advantage. And that's what uh, they usually do anyway with running backs. They have them on the practice squad or they bring them up to play on the special teams. Yep, and then all of a sudden team. they're back there as running back and just lighting the world up on fire. He's, he seems to be falling into that pattern just fine, just fine. We got we got four games, only three games, though, on this big slate that we usually look at on DraftKings that have 54 point or plus 54 point totals on it. All right, so it's Detroit, Atlanta, it's Green Bay and Houston, and it's Seattle and Arizona. Let's first break down that Detroit-Atlanta game. A lot of people are playing a lot of Detroit names. I'm, I'm hearing being thrown around out there. I'm a little bit nervous about that because Atlanta came out a little more fired up, and I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. When I see Matt Stafford having pressure on him, he doesn't seem to do really well, and that's what I'm a little bit hesitant on playing any Detroit Lions this week. Yeah, the the Falcons' defense definitely looked better uh, last week. Uh, granted, it was Kirk Cousins, and he still kind of got there late in the game uh, with some bigger passes to, to Justin Jefferson. But it's definitely something to watch, something to monitor. Um, I've always uh, respected, actually, the Elena against the run. Uh, they're really good against the run game. And what that does is it really opens it up uh, for the quarterbacks to be successful because of that secondary. And we just saw that last week, uh, Alexander Madison you know, broke a lot of hearts in the, the fantasy world with his performance against that Falcons defense. So we could see the same where they, they shut down uh, uh, DeAndre Swift, who kind of had his breakout game last week. And it, it's really on Stafford's shoulders uh, to, to do it through the air. Um, he does have, you know, Galladay back. He's got Amendola. He's got Marvin Jones Jr., Hawkinson. So he has weapons. Uh, if he can stay upright, you know, it's definitely a game you could target. But as you stated, new coach, 
uh, new motivation. So that Falcons D is definitely one to monitor that we may not be able to pick on for too much longer. Yeah, and I, I like Todd Gurley in this game as well. Detroit really hasn't been able to stop a lot of people. And, of course, I think you, we can always, as we stack them up, we can always look at those Atlanta wide receivers. Another one is that Green Bay-Houston game. We saw a lot of points scored last week in Houston. And I think a lot of points could be scored with the Green Bay Packers this week as a get-right game. They got embarrassed on national television last week. And that's just not going to sit well with Aaron Rodgers. It's not, and both these teams really came off of, of tough losses. Uh, Green Bay was up 10 nothing in that game, and Rodgers kind of did his touchdown celebration that got mm-hmm. caught back, and from there, that whole game flipped the script. Uh, Texans lost a, a heartbreaker in overtime with uh, Derrick Henry running up and down the field. Uh, so this is probably one of my favorite games. It's not my favorite game on the slate. A high over under. When you start getting to this time of year, you got to look out for the weather. Uh, a lot of that can can change. We saw that with the the Chiefs and Bills uh, here last night in the Monday night doubleheader with the rain in the cold. So that's something you got to monitor, and that's not going to be an issue really in any of these high over under over under games because the, the Texans play indoors, uh, the the Falcons play indoors. Then when we get to the Arizona, you know they they have that as well. So perfect weather uh, when it comes to these high over under games, which is really what you want to target around this time of year. That's a great point because I did notice in that Cincinnati-Cleveland game that it's, it's it has forecasted for some rain to be in that area during that time. So that's always something to look at a little bit closer. And then let's just touch base on this Seattle-Arizona game before we start breaking down all the different tiers of how this game script may go a little bit with Seattle and Arizona having that high point total as well. The Seattle Seahawks coming off of a bye week, so they've been able to prepare. And really, Arizona... This this might I know it's a rivalry game it's a you know interdivisional game and all oh, yeah. that uh, so the point total might be down a little bit but man they're I they might have a little too much confidence after beating up on the Cowboys the way they did last <laughs> night this might be a letdown game for Arizona and Seattle can really come out with a whooping stick yeah it got it got pretty ugly for the the Cowboys and and Arizona looked pretty good at it um Kyler Murray. I was pretty wrong on him uh, coming into the year. I didn't expect as big a season as he's having, but he's looking great. Um, and the one thing about these divisional matchups is that usually that first game, uh, you can go ahead and target those. It's normally the second game where they, they watch the tape, they make adjustments. Um, and that second game's usually a little more lower scoring than the first game. But I, I expect this one to actually perhaps hold up to the standards of the shootout. Um, the Seattle Seahawks, their their defense has not been the the defensive ode. I'm not sure if it's because they don't have the the 12th man uh, there um, in Seattle, but their secondary is getting torched uh, week in and week out. Uh, Hopkins, even though the the Cardinals had a, a really really big game against the Cowboys, Hopkins didn't do much. So I expect a, a bounce back from him. And obviously the the bye week uh, probably did well for for Russ and his weapons. So I really like this game. Also, it's really going to come down to. I think the three we just mentioned uh, when it comes to Seattle, Arizona, Detroit, Atlanta, Green Bay, and Houston, uh, if you can really narrow on which one of these games you're going to like, that's probably what I'd go. Just stack one of them up, and I uh, hope it's the one that goes off for you. Okay, Pierre. Well, I before we get into all these things, how, how did the DFS Dreamers do last week? I'm, I can't mash the buttons in order to figure out how we did. I know that I'm up a couple of units, but I'm, you know, not that many units because I, I, I play quarter games and dime games on DraftKings. <laughs> yeah, we did, we did pretty well again, and I, I wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. Uh, if you go back, if you listen, there were, were two games I was really tied in on. Uh, that was the Texans and Titans, and the the Vikings and the Falcons, and both of those games shot out. 
I even had a couple of people, you know, reach out to me on Twitter and, and say yeah. thanks. They did really well. So thanks for listening uh, for starters and glad we were able to help. Uh, we hope to keep this train rolling. Yeah, not, not only did we get a couple of people reaching out to us and telling us thank you for the advice that we gave them, uh, and we'd really appreciate that very much. We hope that you tell a friend. And, and tell a friend, ask a friend, not tell. Ask a friend to subscribe to the show. Tell them that it will be beneficial to them to subscribe to the show. They can find the show over on Anchor FM, the Fantasy Impact Today uh, network is what they can type in, Fantasy Impact Today, and they can find us there, the DFS Dreamers. Now, now Pierre, we did play a couple of those games, and I think if we said the words Derek Henry. That that was going to be an automatic payday last week, and I think that we can possibly do that again this week. I'm not positive uh, with with that game, but let's let's look at the quarterbacks first, okay? Let's look at the quarterbacks. We always save running backs for last. I'm getting out ahead of myself. I'm getting excited because we're talking about Derrick Henry. Kenya Drake went off last night too. I just that that's just gonna. Josh Jacobs is playing again. You're getting all these Alabama running backs just lined up and and just running all over the field, and that gets me excited, Pierre. <laughs> Hey, big win over Georgia, too. Congrats on that one. That was a good game. Glad to have college football back. That was a crazy little game. Uh, it didn't look very good in the first half, and then all of a sudden Alabama in the second half, those coaching decisions that they made, and they just started blitzing more, and they really were getting to the quarterback. Like, don't, don't See, you're getting me started again, Alabama. <laughs> And, and speaking of that, we <laughs> okay. Now I'm, I'm taking a right turn. Now, okay, I'm taking a right turn. You just got me chasing it. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa has been named the starter for the Miami Dolphins. I don't know that I agree with this move completely and wholly, just because I don't want Ryan Fitz magic to end yet. I, I'm not ready for it to end, and I feel like it's ending. I feel like he's played his last game. I, I want him to be traded. I I'm worried that we're not going to see him having fun on the field anymore, Pierre. Yeah, that kind of threw, I think, everyone out for a loop when they announced that earlier today. And I really just feel like it was probably part of the plan from the get-go. Uh, regardless of record, they were going to turn to two after the bye. I'm not sure it's the right decision right now. Fitzpatrick looks really good. You know, they're 3-3 three and three at 500. Um, and they're playing good football. Uh, they beat the 49ers. Obviously, everyone's beating the Jets. But uh, you think they want to keep it rolling. But I understand he's the he's the franchise all the other young guys and, and Herbert, you know, he's he's out there doing his thing. And so we'll see what happens. Uh, I don't think he'll get moved. I know there's been talks about trading. I'm sure the, the Cowboys could really use him. I'm just not sure that the, the Dolphins will get rid of him just in case, you know, anything happens to Tua from an injury standpoint or something. It's good to have Fitzpatrick there in the, the way in the back burner uh, to come in if necessary. Yeah, I I hear that, but I just can't. Hey, look, he's got to go out there against the Rams the very first game, man. Tua does. And I'm just going to tell you right now, Tua is fragile. Okay? He, he's yeah. he's fragile. And and part of the reason why is the same reason why Baker Mayfield seems to get hurt every year, banged up. He, Tua is a quarterback that likes to extend the play. Okay? Yeah. And he runs around and he puts himself in a compromising position. And it doesn't end well. It's always an ankle. It, then it, last year, of course, it was a hip. But it, it's always been an ankle. It's always been a knee. There's always just been something. So to me, when I look at these quarterbacks coming into the games, and yes, there we have seen some young quarterbacks produce very well. It maybe hasn't really translated into wins for a team. And mm -hmm. so if Tua's team doesn't win, what's the use in keeping uh, Fitzpatrick around for a 3-8 and eight team at some point? You know, I mean, it's just... I don't understand why I, they got to be trading them. And I think it's no coincidence that after watching Andy Dalton last night, 
that all of a sudden they come out on Tuesday morning and name two as the as the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. I just think there's a co- there's there's a correlation right there. I mean, it's, it's definitely possible. Uh, they do have the, the bye week. Um, then they only got one week, so they, they won't have long to make that decision. I'm, I'm the, I believe the trade deadlines, um, I want to say election day on November 3rd. So we'll see what they do. I don't think he'll be moved. Um, if he does, obviously Dallas is probably the, the most popular landing spot. I just don't see it happening. Who's behind him? Josh Rosen. Um, it's Josh Rosen. I'm not sure he's he's even capable. He's another one that could be trade bait, but no one's asked for him. So we'll see. And now the other thing I noticed last night is watching that game. Amari Cooper looked completely disinterested in what Andy Dalton was saying. <laughs> I'm sorry. He, 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 what, there was one time when it ended up being a screenplay to C.D. Lamb. And I'm telling you, Andy Dalton probably barely spoke two words of the play. And Amari Cooper ran out of the huddle. And he kind of stopped just to, I, I don't know why he stopped. Maybe he stopped because he realized how bad that looked. But, I mean, he didn't stick around for the entire play call at all, at all. And then there were a couple of times when he'd be lined up at the top of my television screen anyway, and you could just see him throwing up his hands and looking back and just shaking his head at Andy Dalton. I, I think there was a reason why he caught that late touchdown pass, and that was because Andy was a little bit scared of Amari <laughs> at that point. Yeah, that's a tough situation. It's one to, to monitor. Uh, he was targeting Michael Gallup like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he was targeting Lamb as well, but they really just got off on the bat foot with those two yeah. fumbles by Ezekiel Elliott. So I like to see him, you know, not be behind so early with the turnovers, but I don't know. I love when they cut to Jerry in the box. Um, that's one of my favorite, favorite moments when, when unhappy Jerry Jones is up there. You could even see the scowl behind the mask and uh, Dak Prescott's earning his money, uh, even oh, yeah. being injured right now. So we'll see how it plays out. Can you imagine if if Fitz Magic happens in Dallas, the cutting up to Jerry Jones in the booth and, and Fitz Magic is down there having a great time playing it and, and just the how smile he, he oh, would I'm be. Sure. I'm sure not. <laughs> All right, that's good. See, you got me going on too. Then he got me going on Fitzpatrick too. So, all right, let's let's jump over into our quarterback tiers really quick here. I say really quick. We're going to take our time and break these down for you guys. Doing a great job here on the DFS Dreamers of trying to find some winning lineups. And I think immediately when you look at this, I see the Russell Wilsons, the Josh mm-hmm. Allen's, the Patrick Mahomes, and now we got Kyler Murray moved into that group as well of the seven thousand dollar people. And we're, we stopped there at Aaron Rodgers. I'm gonna I'm gonna save Deshaun Watson for the next tier because he's he's not he didn't make the seven thousand dollar tier. Who do you like out of this top tier, Pierre? Um, so I'm probably gonna start with with Kyler Murray. It uh, looked really really good uh, again against the Cowboys. I understand, but he's looked good all season. Um, he hasn't had a game below 24 fantasy points uh, so far when it comes to DraftKings. He's got the the rushing upside for sure. Uh, rushed for 74 last night in a touchdown. Um, he's calling his own number uh, down in the red zone, which is why you, you haven't really seen much from Kenyon Drake up until last night. Uh, so I really like Kyler Murray. Again, high over under. Uh, he's going to be a good play at 7,100. I like all these guys, if I'm being honest. Uh, you just got to worry about, for one, pricing. So Russell Wilson's at 8K. Uh, do I think he can play him at 8K? Yes. Um, but you, you tend to want to make sure you're getting three four times value if you can. Uh, with that, you'll be looking from anywhere from 24 to, to 32 points, which he's capable of getting you. He, he's done that, but if you can get uh, that same amount of points from, from Kyler Murray at 7,100, uh, I'd rather go that route. Uh, Mahomes, 
Uh, he, he's, he's in play every week as well. Uh, the, the tough part here is that it is a divisional matchup. It's in Denver. Uh, the, the Broncos have a, a pretty good read on, on Mahomes. You know, they, they play him twice every year. Not sure they'll be able to contain him, uh, but they, they do have Le'Veon Bell coming into town now when he's added to the roster. Um, Alaire looked pretty good, so Mahomes may hand the ball off a little more, uh, depending on how that grain script goes. Um, Josh Allen, uh, he's a great play if that game can stay close. I just don't think it's going to stay close. I think they're going to blow the, the Jets out. Um, week one, they, they hung around. It was 27-17. He had 33 fantasy points, threw for 312 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, also ran for 57 and another. He can produce that same stat line. Uh, so really, I mean, if we're being honest, you can play all these guys at 7K, but I'd probably lean Kyler uh, myself. Okay, so you so you always look for three times the the dollar value or the four times the dollar value if you can? Yeah, you're looking at multipliers. You want someone, three times is really the minimum. For every every point per dollar, you want someone that can get back three times the value if necessary. Okay, so when you say that, here's here's what I'm thinking, and and I've already touched on it a little bit. I just see this game script going this way a little bit. I think Seattle, they want this win. They they want this win. They need to get on top. They need to stay on top. And I know they're undefeated already, but they this is little brother Arizona. They I think they want to make a statement. This is not your time, not yet. Seattle, we we have not been washed up yet. There's not a bunch of old guys running around here, Arizona. So I think that coming off of a bye week, they're ready to prove a point to Arizona. I'm kind of fading Kyler Murray out of all this bunch uh, just a little bit. And I really like Aaron Rodgers. We saw what Tannehill did to the Houston defense last week. So I really like Aaron Rodgers whenever you talk about multipliers like that. I think that he might be able to produce that this next coming week. All right, Deshaun Watson. Uh, starts off our next tier, like I said a little bit earlier, at 6,800. And I'm I'm just going to take that all the way down to Andy Dalton. He was at 6,000, who seems to be a ridiculous price against a Washington football team who has really done pretty well defensively this year. Yeah, I, I love Watson uh, to start off at 6,800. Um, and the main reason is he has to he has to do a lot for, for his team. Uh, when you look at some of those other quarterbacks, you know, Russ has Chris Carson. Uh, you got Mahomes with the, the offensive weapons. I said that they got Rodgers has Aaron Jones, who's also in a great matchup this week. Um, whereas David Johnson really hasn't done much. Um, he's been serviceable, but Deshaun Watson is basically the, the Houston Texans. And uh, he's starting to show it here last three weeks, 23 mm-hmm. points, 29, 35. Uh, he's airing it out. Um, he's got over 300 yards, uh, three straight weeks multiple touchdowns. He can also run the ball. Uh, so I really like him in a high over under. And uh, one thing, again, that people really don't realize is even if you feel like a team's going to be the favorite, like you were just talking about Seattle and Arizona, uh, if Seattle's up out front, then, then Kyler's going to have to throw the ball. And just as you saw with Kirk Cousins last week, uh, you can get back uh, some of those fancy points with those teams that kind of air it out and, and maybe get some some cheap scores and mop-up duty. Uh, but I do like Deshaun Watson. I like Matt Ryan right below him at 6,700. Again, new coach, uh, big game against Minnesota, who who does struggle a bit. I expect Detroit to be a little better through the air. But Julio looked healthy. Calvin Ridley looked healthy. Uh, playing under a new coach, I like Matt Ryan, 6,700. Um, I like Roethlisberger and Stafford um, as well, 66, 65. Uh, I know I'm saying I like a lot of quarterbacks, but with these high over-unders, there's a lot of options this week, and it's really going to come down to your roster construction trying to stay balanced and, and really get the best bang for your buck uh, when it comes to value. I'm probably not going to play Herbert. 
Uh, we already talked on San Francisco and, and New England earlier. Don't like Cam Newton uh, this week. Uh, probably going to jump down to Breeze. I think he's playable at 6,100. Should get Michael Thomas back this week, barring uh, him punching another defender right. from the Saints out. Uh, so we'll see if that takes the place. But that's in the Super Bowl. Uh, Kamara, Thomas, uh, the Panthers defense hasn't been terrible. Uh, but Breeze, is, he started to come out a little bit that last game. Uh, cracked a 300-yard mark. Only had one touchdown. But Michael Thomas is a different dynamic. Brought to that offense if he's back and healthy. Yeah, and and I I do agree with you that Michael Thomas thing, and they're going to want to showcase that off a little bit uh, in Carolina this this week, just because it's Teddy Bridgewater, you know. So that's the that's the quarterback who was backing up Breeze last year, did a pretty good job, but they're just going to have to come out and make a statement again. New Orleans is they don't want to lose this game at all. I think that they can do this coming off a bye week as well, if I'm not mistaken, right? Well, New Orleans on a bye, weren't they? Yes, they did not play last week. They haven't played yeah. since week five against the Chargers. Okay, so they, yeah, they, they, they maybe been able to knock a little rust off. That may not be good for Drew Brees. He may need to keep that shoulder <laughs> a little oiled up, you know. <laughs> All right, Gardner Minshew, who has not been that impressive, still putting up fantasy numbers, but I don't think he's having those explosive games like we're used to seeing. Maybe DJ Shark's injury has a little bit to do with that, but I think he starts us off here at 5,900, and I think we could take that all the way down for the rest of these uh, quarterbacks here, Pierre. Yes, I, I've never been a big Minshew fan. Um, looking at his stats, his game logs, he he's good. I mean, he's he's gotten twenty plus uh, every week except week three against the Dolphins, so he he's definitely capable. Uh, Shark was healthy. He, he usually wants Shark out there uh, if you're going to play Minshew. Um, again, I probably won't play him, and it's nothing against him. It's just not one of those players uh, that I personally play, and I could actually see uh, Jacksonville at the end of the year kind of fighting out for the Jets. Uh, for that Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes there. Uh, in this price range, I like Joe Burrow. Um, it's supposed to be a little cold, potentially rainy there in Cincinnati, uh, but 50-point over-under. Uh, they played already earlier this year in week two, and he threw for 316 yards and, and three touchdowns on the road against this same Browns team. Again, this is a divisional round, a divisional matchup, so it's their second time facing each other. Uh, so it could be a little more low scoring, but uh, Joe Mixon is is questionable with his foot. Uh, so we have to monitor that situation to see uh, if he even plays. If he's out, you got to feel like they're going to lean on Burrow a little bit more because Giovanni Bernard's not really an airy down type of back. Fifty five hundred is a good price tag there. Uh, Kyle Allen, pains uh, <laughs> me yeah. to bring him up, but fifty two hundred against the Cowboys. Their defenses look terrible against everyone. Uh, they got Van Der Esch back. It didn't matter. Uh, I think you can probably play Kyle Allen at fifty two hundred. Um, against the Cowboys this week. I, I hate it. It hurts, but it's definitely possible. You got to build a couple of lineups around that because he does have a couple of weapons there. Logan Thomas seems to have come to life a little bit. Maybe there's a little connection going on there, but also with McLaurin. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, he's dumping it off to McKissick, so he's got those completions racking up left and right now. And that 5200 price tag against any Dallas Cowboy defense, it, that is very playable in my book. For sure, and he only got to get you, you know, 15 to 18 to get that three times value. And what that's going to do is it's going to open up salary for you to kind of pay up at running back receiver. Uh, so it's definitely in the game plan for uh, for you to jam in Kyle Allen at 5200, given his price tag. Okay, I I know we talked about this game being just a blowout on Buffalo's side, but Joe Flacco is only 4800. 
And if they got to throw the ball a million times, and we saw last week Demarcus Robinson, I think that's his name, for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs get mm-hmm. open a couple of times, had five, six catches, whatever it was. And and we know that Crowder loves to play in the, in the slot, and those kind those two guys already have a little bit of a hookup in Adam Gase's system. Could we see a Joe Flacco, oh, Joe Flacco resurgent game right here? <laughs> Oh, no, <laughs> no, I can't. I, I can't do Joe Flacco. I just can't. No. I, that's all I got. No. Okay. All right. All right. I just. I had to. I had to ask. Uh, is Case Keenum a little bit playable if he ends up being Baker Mayfield's backup? He's only forty one hundred. Um, if if Baker Mayfield ends up sitting this one out, should we take a look at Case Keenum in that Cleveland offense? Yes. Yeah. So Case is is definitely a, more of a, a play if he does play than than Flacco for sure. Forty one hundred is a really good price, and you look at his weapons uh, with with Odell, with with Landry, and then Hooper's kind of having a resurgence. They got David and Joku back. So, yeah, watch that Baker Mayfield news. If you can get Keenum 4,100, uh, he could open up a lot of things for you to do. And, again, that three-time salary for him is only 12. Uh, 12 from a quarterback should be should be pretty easy to do uh, when you look at the weapons that he has at his disposal. Yeah, you stumble into the end zone once and throw one into the end zone once, and you've already made those 12 points. Yep. Uh, so let's look at wide receivers. Let's jump over to wide receivers. Hopkins starts us off at 8,200 this week, and that's the biggest dog on the board. Amari um, um, Cooper, who had that connection, he's at 6,900, so I'm going to stop that tier right there, uh, Pee Wee. And, uh, you know, Michael Thomas is coming in at 7,600 on his first game back. Yeah, I want to play them all, uh, except <laughs> Cooper. If I could play them all except Cooper, I would. Uh, obviously, that, that can't happen. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is the most expensive He's probably the toughest one uh, to fit in, even though he's had, you know, a couple big games. He's got a 32-pointer in week one, uh, 26 and 28. Uh, those are both at the, the three times multipliers. But if he doesn't get you that, then you're really suffering for his price tag. Uh, so I'd be careful with him at 8,200. The, the two main ones in this range I would focus on um, are going to be the Devontae Adams uh, with the Packers at, at 7,900 against the Texans. Uh, first game back against Tampa, he got 10 targets right off the bat. Uh, he only had six for 61, but you got to feel that they'll have a, a better outcome, a better game script um, against the Texans here. And then uh, when I say that the other one is actually two, that's going to be Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones. Um, out of those, I pick Ridley. Uh, the reason I say that is I always like to, to play the guy that didn't have the really big game the week before. Um, that doesn't always work out uh, for me, but usually the ownership t- tends to gravitate uh, towards the guy that just had a big game, which was Julio uh, with eight for 137 and two uh, against the, the Vikings last week. Uh, so I feel like this could be a Ridley week, and I really like him at 7,300 if I'm going to stack that game. Uh, you could t- potentially play them both. Uh, if I only could play one, it'd be Ridley. Um, DK Metcalf at a 7,200. I feel like that's expensive. It may not be. Um, he just doesn't get the the targets usually. So last game, he got 11 targets against the Vikings, which was great. But before that, he, he's only had 8, 6, 8, 6, 8. So he's right around that 6 and 8 range uh, when it comes to targets. At 7,200, you're needing 21. Uh, he's done that twice um, out of five weeks. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Um, but I probably won't play him at that price range. No, I, I see what you're saying there. And um, I, I, they, you know, it's, it's, it was hard for any 
of the Dallas Cowboy defense or offense to wide receivers to find the end zone last week against that Arizona Cardinals, and that may have been a Dalton thing, but I, I don't know, man. I, I could see I, – I understand what you're saying, and DK Metcalf against that Arizona defense does scare me a little bit. All right, let's look down here at the next little tier. Will Fuller, who's been putting up great fantasy numbers for us, but he's priced at 6,800, which means if we multiply that out, he's got to get you 18 or 20, somewhere in that neighborhood. And it it goes all the way down here, Pee Wee. I'm going to say it goes all the way down here to a Robbie Anderson at 6,000. Yeah, so to to start with Will Fuller, uh, he was 6,800 last week. Um, Even in the lineup that I built, I had him in there. He got 27. And uh, he's scoring touchdowns. He's got touchdowns in, in four straight now. Uh, he's the the main target for, for Deshaun Watson right now. Uh, so if you do plan on playing Watson, you're likely going to have to pair him or, or stack him with Fuller or Cooks. Um, so I like the over-under in this game. I believe that Jahir Alexander is probably going to follow Will Fuller. Uh, if that's the case, then you'll probably want to turn to Cooks. Uh, but he's definitely still playable there at 6,800. Kenny Galladay, um, really good play at 6,700. Uh, his targets haven't quite been there. I know he's coming off the injury himself. Uh, no more than eight targets so far this year. Um, but Atlanta, that secondary, we just saw what, what Justin Jefferson did to them. Uh, you can see a, a big game out of Kenny Galladay, 6,700. I like him. If I'm going to play a, a Seattle Seahawks receiver, it's probably going to be Tyler Lockett at, at 6,600. Uh, coming off two poor games. Um, again, a lot of the ownership is probably going to be with Metcalf. Uh, if you look at the game logs and if you have those – those box score watchers, uh, whereas Lockett, I feel like, is going to be in a better matchup. He's going to avoid uh, Patrick Peterson while he's playing out of the slot. Uh, he hasn't had the targets the last couple games coming off a of bye. I feel like that connection with him and Russ could be back together. Um, I really like him. Similar to how you saw CeeDee Lamb out of the slot uh, last night, uh, he got a lot of the targets from Dalton. I think the same will be for Tyler Lockett there at 6,600. Tyreek Hill. Really, really, really good price tag for him. Uh, 6400 He wasn't targeted much in that, that rain and downpour there in Buffalo with the, the cold weather. I expect that to be a little better in Denver. Uh, I know it could get cold there. I think the, the temperature could drop. So, again, you want to watch the, the weather there in Denver. But if it's decent, uh, he's definitely in play at only 6400 If it's cold, uh, you, may, you may steer away from him because he's more the, the deep threat. A.J. Brown looked really good. Uh, he was the part of the, the Tennessee stack I, I did at the end of the podcast last week. Uh, two touchdowns, had had a five for 56 against the Texans. The Steelers has given up points to the air. They didn't last week, uh, but the week before that, you had Travis Fogum uh, with the Eagles have a big game. Uh, so you could see Tannehill and A.J. Brown connecting. Uh, watch the Q tag on Keenan Allen. Uh, he's getting a lot of the targets from Herbert, uh, but he got injured in that last game against New Orleans, so I checked to see. Uh, kind of his status before the game, he may be avoidable uh, given he's coming off the injury, and that's probably the only ones I'm playing. I'm not going to really play Odell with the, the Baker question mark or Robbie Anderson this week uh, having to face Marshawn Lattimore there in New Orleans. I could see that. I, I might couple up with uh, Odell if Case Keenum ends up being in there. If Baker Mayfield's in that lineup, I don't know that I want to have anything to do with those Cleveland Browns. They just had a tough time moving the ball last week and making first downs, which didn't give them a lot of snaps last week at all. So I'm kind of shying away from that if Baker's under center. You talked about Kenny Galladay for a minute, and I noticed that they use him a little bit differently this year. He he was really... uh, you know, uh, reminded me of Michael Gallup, where he's just kind of running down the field, and you chuck it up to him, and he's going to out athleticize everybody. This year, he seems to be doing some cur- just kind of 
changing his repertoire a little bit, uh, becoming a little bit more diversified, which is really needed in that offense because Marvin Jones Jr. has been invisible out there. Okay. I'm almost wondering if they have to make some kind of move in order to get somebody as a deep threat or as opposite person to take his spot at some point. Uh, potentially, for sure. And I think it's smart to do that with, with Galladay with the routes he's running now. Uh, he's coming off a hamstring, and those are always dangerous. And some of those sprints and, and out routes can, can kind of catch up to the hammies. Uh, but they're going to need some help. Marvin Jones is going to have to step up. It's a pretty good week for him to do so. Uh, once we get down to his price range, uh, he's definitely playable uh, at his price range. But, yeah, Galladay's he's going to be that main person, that main target there at 6,700. And the routes may just be to kind of preserve him and ease him in still off that hamstring that he missed uh, time for earlier in the season. All right, since you want nothing to do with the Jets, let's just go ahead and skip <laughs> Jamison Crowder here at 5,900. That's fine. You go ahead. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make me a New York Jets stack. And I'm going to sweep the GPPs this week is what I'm going to end up doing. Uh, but let's start out with Terry McLaurin, who I just love this week. He's going against the 31st-ranked Dallas Cowboy defense. He's only priced at 5800 and I don't get it. Kyle Allen really looks like a good stack. Stack him up and run him back in this game because Dallas, of course, is going to have to throw it all over the field as well. Uh, so I really like this Washington uh, game and Dallas game. And we'll stop it down here. As somebody who I, I want to say we need to count out, because Michael Thomas is back, but Emmanuel Sanders had a ton of targets that last game, and I don't know that we need to just completely forget about him. Yeah, so if you, you start with McLaurin, I think he's going to be one of the major staples in a lot of lineups this week. Uh, really good price tag at, at 5800 only went up $100 uh, facing that Dallas secondary. Uh, in Washington, he's, he's got 12 targets last week, uh, seven when he was a little banged up, 14, 8, 10. Uh, he's the the main target for Kyle Allen. Uh, like you state, I love him this week as well. Um, I'll just touch on Jameson Crowder. So I'm not playing Joe Flacco. Uh, Flacco's off the hook, but Crowder gets enough targets where you could you could play him. He's gotten double digit targets every game this year that he's played in uh, 13, 10, 10, 13. Uh, so at his price range, he's definitely in play. Uh, I'm just not playing Joe Flacco with him. He'd just be a standalone play um, in that range. Um, Mapletron, uh, 5,700, uh, Chase Claypool, uh, earning the nickname Mapletron right now as he's from Canada and, you know, play off the, the Megatron. He's, he's definitely in the fold now. Uh, one of Big Ben's, you know, major targets. He's their, their big play guy, big strong guy. They're even using him on some run, uh, plays and, and motion and things along those lines in that Steelers offense. Uh, so at 5,700, you can, you can definitely play Claypool. Uh, you jump down Juju. Uh, he's cheaper than Chase Claypool. Who would have thought? Yeah, no. you know, we're week seven. Juju Smith Schuster is cheaper than the rookie Chase Claypool, but he is by two hundred dollars. Uh, he's he's again one of those value plays that you can play where everyone's kind of off of him. Uh, the the hot guys Claypool. This is one of those weeks where you could go to someone like Juju, save two hundred dollars, and and still get the upside that a guy like Claypool can bring you uh, because Juju is a, a top receiver. I do like both of these uh, Bengals receivers. If you're going to play Joe Burrow, uh, you can run it back with, with Tyler Boyd or T. Higgins. You can even toss in uh, A.J. Green. Uh, they were playing the, the Colts last week, who, you know, my hometown team. A.J. Green looked pretty good finally yep. for the first time all year. Uh, so Burrow now has three guys he can throw to. Uh, I really like him actually this week, as I stated earlier in his price range. And you can play uh, Boyd, Higgins, and uh, A.J. Green when we get down to him earlier. 
Uh, you mentioned Emmanuel Sanders. That, that's always a situation that I, I feel like you have to to watch and monitor. Uh, you said Michael Thomas is coming back, which is for sure he was a target monster. And you really just don't know how that offense is going to change up once he's in the fold. So I probably avoid Emmanuel Sanders uh, this week just until you can see uh, kind of what his role is going to be in that offense with Michael Thomas back. Uh, Brandon Cooks, I mentioned him earlier. I expect you hear Alexander to, to kind of shadow Will Fuller uh, when it comes to that Texans uh, offensive game. So Brandon Cooks could be open. Uh, he played well outside, uh, which shocked me a little bit last week. Uh, but he is going to be back home, back in the Dome. I like him at 5,200 there as well. You mentioned the Juju Smith-Schuster and the Claypool thing going on. It is going to be Juju's week one of these weeks. I don't know which week it's going to be, but it's going to be Juju's week one of these weeks. But he has put up some really low numbers. But I think that if you're going to stack them up with the Pittsburgh Steelers, you got to put Juju in one of those lineups instead of Claypool or instead of Washington just to – Make sure you have a piece of that whenever it does end up happening. You tell me all the time you want to get out in front of something. You don't want to get behind it. Absolutely, for sure. And another guy in this same offense that you might be able to get out in front of is, is Deontay Johnson. Uh, I know he's he's missed time. He first had the concussion. Then he had the back issues. Uh, right now he's still questionable, but he's all the way down at, at 4,200 right now. Uh, I, I watched the practice, um, so see if he gets in limited full practices leading up to Sunday. But if he's a full go at 4,200, uh, he, he's definitely someone to have on your radar as he was he was Roethlisberger's favorite target earlier in the season before those injuries. We don't talk a lot about redraft leagues here or anything, but John Brown is droppable. Okay, I, I just dropped the mic whenever I said that. John Brown is droppable. I can't believe how bad of a season he's having. He'll probably have a resurgence this week, but just because I said that, but uh, – <laughs> He, you know, I just, I can't, I can't trust him at all. So let's skip over John Brown and then go on to Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy's at 5,100. And man, there is some, there's a couple people that I love in this. This little tier is, is a nice one. Uh, you got Jarvis Landry down here at 4,600. Uh, there's a, several 4,600s, but I'll tell you who I like. I'll tell you who I like, Fear. You ready for this one? I'm ready. Christian, Christian Kirk at 4,900. You're going to have to have a piece of that uh, pie up there in Arizona and Seattle offense and, and Christian Kirk has come alive. They've got him really involved. They finally found somebody else to compliment Hopkins and Hopkins was just way overpriced this week. I say that, and, you know, it's just, he can't, he can't return that value. And I really like Christian Kirk at 4,800. Oh, I agree. I, I like Christian Kirk a lot. Uh, he was, again, he, they used him on a, a sweet play in the goal line and rush one in. Uh, he took advantage of both of his targets, that, that little fingertip grab that he had. Um, on the on the big play uh, when, when he connected with Kyler Murray was awesome. Uh, Fitzgerald's kind of old. <laughs> uh, he's still out there. He's more of a possessions guy, a first down guy. And they actually targeted uh, Andy Isabella early on in that matchup, uh, trying to hit him on the deep routes. It just wasn't working. Uh, so they turned to Kirk. He caught it. So hopefully, you know, they start to get him more involved in some of those deep route plays. And, and Seattle's definitely a game. Um, in, a, in a defense that you, you want to target. So 4900 really good price for him, 32nd-ranked defense that he's facing. I think a guy who's going to be under-owned this week a little bit, and it's because of the low point total and everything, Debo Samuel, who, when healthy, finds his way into the end zone each and every week. And I know they're going up against that New England Patriot defense, but a lot of that attention is going to be focused on uh, stopping Kittle. And and maybe not stopping Debo Samuel as much. He got 18 points last week on 
uh, DraftKings, and I think that it's possible that he'll be able to do something similar to that again this week, and he's only priced at 5000 So I'm looking at that as a play that maybe not a lot of people are making, and I might be able to sneak in there with a good value. You could. The, the thing with, with Belichick is, as you stated, he's going to take away Kittle. Um, in the past, like with teams with, with Kansas City, he took away Kelsey and he took away Tyreek. So it's possible that he can he can do the same with, with Kittle and with, with Debo. Uh, it's going to be tough. I think maybe like a Brandon Ayuk, uh, maybe the guy at target, he's kind of that second fiddle. He kind of has a lot of similar traits and skills as Debo. Um, it really depends on what Belichick's going to do. I, I really hate playing players against New England because you're never really sure who he's going to take away. We know Kittle's going to be one. I feel like Debo's going to be the other, but that's just something we'll have to see unfold. Yeah, and let's just go ahead and go through all the rest of the wide receivers here that you like. I know you already mentioned A.J. Green, who's at 4,300, and he really came alive last week, and I think we can count on that again in a divisional game. I mean, if he if he's going to be the man again, let's just let him be the man at 4,300. Yeah, I like A.J. Green at 4,300. I like Marvin Jones at, at 4,400, as we mentioned a little bit when discussing Galladay. His game loss looks terrible. Uh, if he's ever going to have a, a good game, it should be against the Falcons. Uh, so if you're going to play uh, Matthew Stafford, uh, you could possibly stack him up with Galladay and Marvin Jones. Adam Humphrey is at 4,600. He's been a kind of a security blanket uh, for Tannehill there in the slot. Uh, he was out a couple weeks uh, with the bye due to the COVID stuff that he had going on, uh, but bounced back big against the Texans last week, six for 64 and a touchdown. He's getting six or seven targets each week, which is pretty good for 4,600 price tag range. Uh, both of these Kansas City guys, so they really got three guys down here, uh, and one of them's going to go off. I'm just not sure which one it's going to be. Uh, McCole Hartman's at 4,500. Goose egg. <laughs> goose egg against yeah. uh, Buffalo. Uh, so he could be the one that is due for a bounce back spot, given that he only got one target, no points. Um, but when you scroll down here to 3,800, you see Demarcus Robinson. Uh, he was more the beneficiary there in the rain, as you stated earlier, five catches for 69 on six targets. Uh, and even if you look at the the history, when Sammy Watkins has been out, uh, Mar- Mar- Demarcus Robinson has really kind of been the biggest beneficiary, um, as well as Byron Pringle. Uh, he's actually seen the field a, a little bit more than I thought he would um, in Sammy Watkins' absence. Uh, he's down at the men's salary at 3K. Uh, he had more points than Mikhail Hartman did. Uh, when you looked at that game last night, he had two catches for 46. Uh, I'm not sure I'll play him, but if you're down there and you've jammed in all the studs uh, at the high price, uh, Pringle's definitely someone you can throw a dart at. Um, but again, you want to watch that Sammy Watkins news with his hamstring. I think he'll sit again, uh, which makes one of these Kansas City guys playable when it comes to to their price ranges. I mentioned Ayuk at 4,100. Uh, he could definitely be in play when you look at the fact that Kittle and Debo could be taken away by Belichick. Uh, Valdez Cantley, MDS, uh, seeing five targets. He's still the deep threat for for Rodgers uh, when it comes to their their play, uh, their offensive playmaking. He's got to get going. Um, I've never really liked him. He's, he's really boom or bust uh, when you look at his skill set. But if he booms, uh, he could definitely break a slate at 4,100. So I think you can look at him. I think last week was James Washington's week. So I probably I probably avoid him and, and focus on those guys a little pricier. pricier. Uh, and the Steelers offense itself going down any cheaper. I don't think Danny Amendola is probably the other cheap one I'd go with. Uh, 3,300. Again, I just like that over-under there uh, with the Lions and the Falcons. He, he's getting peppered you know, here there, 7-7, seven, 4-3-2. Seven, 
So his targets are trending down, but if uh, Detroit's unable to run the ball, a lot of times they like to use Amendola as that short running game on some of those crossing routes. Hey, you talked about the Kansas City thing, and yes, Demarcus Robinson is that guy, and I think I was wrestling with that all last week, and I should have started him. And I think I asked a ton of my Fit Network friends about that, and they kept telling me Hardman, Hardman, Hardman. I, I'm not. I, listen, I'm I'm going to start going solo here, okay? I, I know I'm leaning on you experts a lot, but I got to go with my gut feelings a little bit on this. Not only that, Pee Wee, but you think about you. You mentioned Kansas City and cold weather. Mm-hmm. That never does well with Tyreek Hill's hamstrings. You know what I mean? It does not. It does not. I see 22. I'm not sure if that's right, but I see 22 degrees as the forecast there in Denver. If that's truly the case, that's going to be a bad time. And Sammy Watkins has, I know he's got the hamstring. He misses six weeks with a hamstring injury, eight weeks with a hamstring injury. Just You can't trust Sammy Watkins if he does come back. He's going to be missing some more time. It's not even close to it. I'm going to put out one more name. Gabriel Davis, I, I mentioned, uh, uh, what's his name, that needs to be totally dropped, John Brown earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gabriel Davis only had one target last week against Kansas City, but that was that weird game, that rain game. That The week before that, he had nine targets for 58 yards, didn't find the end zone, but had 10 DraftKings points. He was thir- He's 3,600, and he's one of those guys who can possibly catch that long touchdown, especially against going against the Jets. I know they're not going to have to throw the ball a lot, but they might take a couple of shots deep, and he's one of those people that can go, that can go up there and grab it. Eh, oh, come on. Know. I'm going with my gut. No, I, I, you're don't not. You're not. Don't, don't trust me then. Trust your gut because I think part of that was with uh, the John Brown injury coming off his knee. I think that's why he kind of had that that bigger game. But he's he's looked good in the action that he's gotten. I'm just not sure I can do it. They, they do got John Brown. I know you're off of him, but you know earlier in the year when he was healthy, uh, he had some pretty decent games. They got Beasley, and, and Diggs is the main guy they're throwing to. Uh, but if you do want a dart, um, you can risk it uh, when it comes You're to that. You're not going to talk me out of it. Pierre, don't. Stop. You're not going to talk me out of it. I'm looking how to spell his name. I've spelled it Gabriel Davis. I've underlined it twice, put little exclamation points like I like, and I've circled his name. You're not talking me out of it. I am I am putting him in a lineup or 10, okay, for this week. Oh, I may spend it. Yeah, I, uh, ten ten dime lineups for a dollar. Ten dime lineups for a dollar, and I'm slapping Gabriel Davis on every single one of them. All right, do what you need to do. I'm just trying to be the voice of reason. His two biggest games in week five and week three were when John Brown were hurt. Yeah, John Brown's hurt my feelings enough that I'm going opposite of him. So thank you to every every league that I'm in that I've dropped John Brown on, and he's hurt my feelings. Now he's going to go off, like I said, because I'm going to slap Gabriel Davis. You're welcome, Fantasy Impact Today community. You're welcome. <laughs> you saw what happened when we did that to Kenyon Drake. He broke free for 169. Two touchdowns. <laughs> I was that close to drop. I'm trading him this week. I'm trading him like a hot potato. His schedule is really rough, and he's got a bye week next week, and then his schedule after that is really rough. There's no way he's going to be able to sustain this. No way. And I, and I just I just did it again. But anyway, all right, let's go to tight ends, and we'll uh, take a break, and, and then we'll get to the defensive backs, uh, defenses and the running backs. But let's hit, hit these tight ends real quick. George Kittle's looking for a big week this week against New England. I just can't see it. DraftKings got him priced at 6,500. He's almost bulletproof to be able to get to that 18, 19, 20-point mark that we need him to get at this week. But, man, I could see that floor being really low for him as well. Yeah, I'm just scared by the the whole Belichick taking him away piece. Uh, other than that, he he is pretty bulletproof. Uh, I just know that Belichick does a, a really good job of scheming out the player he wants to scheme out. Uh, Kelsey uh, against New England in week four only had 10 points. 
three for 70 uh, on seven targets. Uh, and you had Tyreek Hill there threatening him right now. And uh, I don't know. I just don't, I don't see it with Kittle 6,500. I'd rather play Kelsey there $200 cheaper. But I'd rather play Hawkinson, I think, against Atlanta, uh, even though I'm a little bit nervous about Atlanta being a little bit more fired up. But at least Hawkinson is only 5,000. Yeah, Hawkinson's more of a – you really need him to score a touchdown. He's not really a part of that game plan a lot until they get down to the to the red zone. When you even look at his logs, uh, 5 for 56 and a touchdown, great, 16 points week one. Other than that, he's been 10 or less uh, all season. That's not going to get it done. That's looking at two times value. You're looking for three, and he's only done that once so far this year. Uh, I'm just not seeing it there. I know it's the Falcons, uh, so it definitely could play, take place. If you don't like Marvin Jones at 4,400, um, if you want to go with Galladay and Hawkinson, uh, that's definitely uh, something you could do. Again, I'd try to probably get up to that $6,300 range with Kelsey uh, if you're going to do that, though. Yeah, and all these tight ends, as I look at them, I didn't find any of them that I just absolutely loved, that I was like, oh, yeah, there's one. I mean, we even got Darren Fells now jumping all the way up to 4100 and and that just doesn't seem like a good price for him. I don't, I don't know what to do at tight end this week. It's ugly. It's really ugly this week. Um, I do like Robert Tanyan again, uh, 4,600. Texans haven't been great against the, the tight ends. Uh, you just saw uh, Anthony Ferkshire have his biggest game of the year. Johnny Smith hurt his ankle um, in that game. So we'll see what happens. But um, I do like Tanyan uh, against the Texans to see if he can kind of repeat some of that. He got banged up himself uh, that game against Tampa, but he did come back. So definitely someone to watch at 4,600. Hunter Henry hasn't been connecting uh, with Herbert at all. Uh, he was in a really good matchup against the Saints, and he got a touchdown, but it really that was really it. He only had 12 points, uh, so I don't like Henry. Hurst, Hayden Hurst is, is coming along, but he's still hit and miss. Uh, so as you stated, this is really an ugly position. I'd probably go Austin Hooper. It seems like he's starting to build a rapport with, with Mayfield a little bit. Uh, he's had seven, ten, and six targets in three straight weeks, uh, double-digit fantasy points three straight weeks in a row. I know uh, David Njoku's back, but I still, I still think Hooper's probably going to be the guy there at four at four K. We we seen him last year in a better offense of Matt Ryan. Uh, we know his ceiling. Not sure that's going to happen uh, with Mayfield at quarterback, uh, but he's definitely someone in a price range you can take a shot on. Uh, Dalton Schultz at thirty nine hundred. Andy Dalton actually targeted him a decent amount earlier on in that game before they got behind. Uh, if they can keep it close, he's a pretty good dump off option. Uh, he had four for, for 35 and, and got seven points there uh, against the Cardinals. Yeah, I'm not going to play Logan Thomas. I know you're back on that train. I heard you say earlier he's, yeah, he's turning the corner. Uh, he, he had three for 42. It wasn't for the touchdown. He's looking at seven points again. But yeah. I'm not going to play Logan Thomas, I don't feel, even against that, that Dallas Cowboys defense. It's ugly. It's really ugly down here. Uh, the one, Tyler Croft could be a potentially uh, in play. Uh, against the Jets, uh, watch the Dawson Knox news and see if Dawson Knox is still out. Uh, if he is, you may be able to throw a dart at, at Tyler Croft at 3,100. Uh, You'd rather play Tyler Croft at 3,100 than Gabriel Davis at 3,500 3, or whatever he was? Come on, man. Yes, because Tyler Croft's the number one tight end yeah. if Dawson Knox is out, whereas Ga- Gabriel Davis 
is still behind Diggs and Beasley and John Brown, whether you believe it or not. It's really hard to be behind John Brown. Boy, if you're behind John Brown, you're like pushing zeros right now. Whatever happened to Vance McDonald? Why is Vance McDonald not a thing? I understand. I know they got Eric Ebron now in Pittsburgh, but Vance McDonald was a thing. Remember when he ran over people looking like Derrick Henry out there? He was trucking, but I'm not sure what's going on. He's being used mostly as blocking. Um, in the in the plays I've seen uh, with the Steelers, and they're using Ebron uh, more as their their route runner, similar to how the Colts did, where they used Jack Doyle as their blocker, and Ebron was running routes there. So Pittsburgh's kind of adopting the same scheme. I know I mentioned Anthony Ferkser, uh, so he's one to watch at three K. Uh, yeah. Again, Johnny Smith hurt his ankle last week. Uh, Ferkser exploded for eight one thirteen in a touchdown against the Texans. Uh, so he's definitely someone to keep in mind at three K if. Um, and again, I say if Johnny Smith rolled out. Yeah, that's definitely a good play. And they like him a little bit, no matter what. I doubt if he'll be able to pay it off if Jonu Smith is playing. But uh, if he's not playing, he's definitely an option, even against that Pittsburgh defense uh, this week. All right, let me remind everybody, they are listening to the DFS Dreamers here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. You are listening, of course, to the expert in Wee Pierre, at Wee 31 on Twitter, and myself, who's not an expert, but I'm sitting down learning on Pierre's knee is what I'm doing. And I'm building lineups with Gabriel Davis and Van. That's McDonald. Right now, I'm writing that down, and that's just going to be my flyers. How about that? I want to build a dime flyer lineup. And you can check in with me on Twitter, at Loafinit on Twitter. And don't forget to follow the show as well, at FI Today with a little underscore. Head over to Anchor FM. Find your favorite show, find whatever platform you like to listen to the shows on, and then subscribe to the show. Not only that, but tell your friends. As you said as you said earlier in the podcast, Pierre, that we've been getting a lot of comments on Twitter about helping people build lineups and stuff like that. So make sure you follow us. Make sure you send us some start-sit questions or even some who we're going to play on DraftKings questions on Sunday. We'll be able to help you out a little bit. Absolutely, absolutely. If folks are still around after your Gabriel Davis and Max McDonald house. <laughs> Hopefully everybody knows that I, I'm a little a tongue-in-cheek whenever I say these things. I hope I hope people know these things. that I'm, I'm And I may do this just for fun. I may do it just for fun because it's really looking appealing right now. I don't know why. It's probably it's, it's getting late here. It's getting late. That's why. But uh, not only that, but but tag us with one of your friends. If, if you got a friend or something like that, you can tag us in the same thing with your friend. Get them involved. I love having conversation on Twitter about these DraftKings options, and mostly because uh, Pierre's always right and I am wrong. All right, look at these defense. Uh, you got to love the Bills at 4700. You think that they're going to be able to pay off this week, though? That is a big price for a defense. That's a lot for a defense, and if they if they do what they did week one against the Jets, no, they can't. Uh, they only got eight points uh, week one. You really need them to score a defensive touchdown um, at this price range. Uh, but they're they're also safe because it is Joe Flacco, uh, so they're safe at that range. But it's going to be hard to pay off that price range at at forty seven hundred for sure. Yeah, I can see that. I I looked up. I say I looked up. It was it was a it was strategic by me. I got the Arizona Cardinals, and I ended up in my my home league, my home league that I'm in. I ended up defeating the guy just simply because the Arizona Cardinals produced so well. I think the Cowboys are going to be one of those defenses with, or one of those offenses with Andy Dalton back there that you're just going to be able to follow around. I really like the Washington's football team's defense against the Cowboys. They're only priced priced at twenty five hundred Pee Wee. Yeah, that's a that's a really good price uh, for this defense, and they've given up a lot of points. Uh, this year, but even so, if they can get a few sacks with, with Ryan Kerrigan uh, coming off the edge and Chase Young, if he's back, that's something to watch. If they can get pressure on Dalton, we, we saw what that does 
Uh, so you definitely could take a shot at the, the Washington football team defense at, at 2,500. Uh, probably going to be the, the cheapest I go. Um, when you get down to those other ones, a lot of these other teams are in shootouts uh, when it comes to the Falcons, Cardinals, Lions, and Texans uh, against teams that are a lot of points. And then I'm not playing the Jets defense. Um, again, you can luck out. It's 2K. If they can, you know, strip sack Josh Allen, run it back in, you know, oh. you can pay it off for sure. They they got seven. They got seven points week one against this same Buffalo Bills team. And that gets you the, the three-time salary you need. And that, that price tag is going to free up a lot. They just seem to be in shambles. It's so tough. They just – I think they quit on Gase. And I don't know. It's, it's just hard to play anything from the Jets outside of Crowder. Yeah, I'm no, I'm I'm building. I've already been writing it down. I've been writing it down while you've been talking. I've been listening to you as well. But I got a Flacco, Crowder, Gabriel Davis, Vance McDonald lineup going on right now. I'm stacking it up and I'm running it back with, I, I don't know, hefty trash can bags or something. I, I don't. <laughs> uh, but I I really like those guys that you were talking about as well. And, and I don't. The Browns defense has been a really good defense. They're at 2,800, so I really do like them against Cincinnati. I know Cincinnati, especially if they don't have Mixon back there, are going to have to throw it around a lot. So that's always an opportunity for a defense to be able to score a touchdown if Burrow's throwing the ball around a lot in the rainy weather. Exactly, as well as with sacks. So sacks score points as well, and, and Miles Garrett's definitely been kind of wrecking the league himself. So the Browns at 2,800 could definitely you know be in play. I'm probably going to go up um, and pay up a little bit uh, when it comes to defense. I know it's the Titans that they're playing, but the the Steelers' defense is – they're really, really good. I know Devin Bush got hurt, so that's something to monitor. Uh, One of their, you know, young, uh, star-talented linebackers, uh, he's injured. So he's probably – I think – I'm not sure if he's out for a season. I have to look into that. But I want to say he got hurt pretty pretty badly, so that's going to be a tough one. Uh, But at 3,500, you know, they still got a – that still curtains – really back. They haven't scored less than seven points all year. Uh, they had 18 and 13, so a couple of double-digit games. Uh, you can see, you know, Tannehill, he's due. Uh, they kind of have a poor game. I'm not going to say regression because I, I think Tannehill's a good quarterback, uh, regardless of what the, a lot of Dolphins fans thought. Um, I think he's a, a good quarterback in a good scheme, but, mm-hmm. but Pittsburgh at 3,500 could work out well. Uh, the, the Patriots and the 49ers, you can really look at both sides of the ball. Uh, 49ers are a little cheaper there at 3,300. Yes, they're they're missing a lot of their their big defensive names, but they they still got a, a good secondary. Jason Verrett uh, had a really nice back, uh, I guess comeback type of game. I guess you could state. I remember him being one of the top corners with the, the Chargers back with Casey Hayward. Uh, so it was good to see him healthy. Uh, New England again. I think they're going to try to take away Kittle, take away Debo. If they could do that, um, there's no Mostert. Jimmy G, you know, he, he had a really good first half, but he looked pretty shaky again in that second half. You would think that the, the Patriots kind of know him from his days there. Uh, so it might be a, a good bounce back spot for the Patriots at 3,900 as well. I could see that. and But but I, I like the San Francisco 49ers. I think that the New England Patriots were really exposed last week. And uh, they got some good film on how to get to Cam Newton. We saw Cam Newton not hold up to the pressure very well. Defense is always one of those things you can gamble on. But um, uh, you can take a risk on because it's just so lowly priced. But you like the 3000 and above. So, I see, I listened to you. You said that a couple of weeks ago. So I've been concentrating on the 3000 and above defenses. Done pretty good since then. Yeah, right. I went Dolphins, and they were right on the edge. They are at 2900 but they, they shut out the Jets at 15 points. So that worked out as well. It's, it was against the Jets, right? So that, 
Yes, like that, etc. All right, let's look at running backs and wrap up this show. Pierre, uh, Calvin Kamara starts us off. He's at 7,900. And of course, that Carolina Panther defense is one of those that seems to have been exposed earlier in the year from that Las Vegas Raider game that first week. But since then, I'm not going to say they've been great, but they haven't been nearly as bad as that first week. Yeah, I'm playing Alvin Kamara. Okay. <laughs> He's one of the first people I, I put in my lineup, so especially on DraftKings uh, 7,900 because he does have both not just the, the rushing upside against this Carolina defense, but he, he's catching a lot of balls out of the, the backfield as well. He's had uh, more than eight-plus targets in all games but one, uh, which was against Detroit. So I really like his price range. And the Carolina's getting a little better. I know they kind of stifled David Montgomery a, a little bit, who I was on last week. But Montgomery was still in the millionaire maker winner, I believe. Uh, he got 11 or, or 13 points. And the, the Panthers, again, they're on the road. Uh, so you got to feel the the Saints are coming off a bye. They, Sean Payton's going to know what to exploit. Uh, so I really like Alvin Kamara at seventy nine hundred. I wonder. I'm I'm curious what Sean Payton's going to do with Michael Thomas back there, in the uh, wide receiver position this week, healthy and everything. Is that going to take away from Kamara's targets? Is Kamara then going to become the running back a little bit more because we saw the Tavius Murray. Murray? We saw him being kind of the running back, the guy between the tackles and letting Kamara do things on the edge. And I wonder if that's going to switch now a little bit more, giving Kamara his touches, but letting him touch the ball not as a receiver as much, but more as a running back. I, I'm curious as to how that's going to play out this week. So I'm I'm personally staying away from Kamara. I see those touches going down a little bit more for him. He'll still find the end zone plenty of times, but man, he had to find it a lot to pay off that 7900 So let's jump over to Ezekiel Elliott, who still is priced way up there at 7800 he hasn't paid off really all that much this that many times this year, I don't think, Pierre. No, he, he really hasn't. And those two fumbles were just brutal uh, last night. And you got to feel like the, the defenses are going to start loading the box. You know, they don't have to worry about Dak anymore. And, you know, we saw what Dalton's doing. So I expect him to see a lot more, you know, eight-man boxes. And he's going to have a hard time getting going, I feel, at least in this Cowboys defense until Mike McCarthy can show that he can, you know, Call some plays or his offensive coordinator can call some plays. I believe it's Kellen Moore uh, that he can actually call some plays to, to loosen things up. Uh, but I don't think that's going to happen. If you even look at the the media today, a lot of Cowboys came out anonymous, anonymously and stated that their coaching staff has no idea what they're doing, uh, mm-hmm. which isn't really the, the vote of confidence you want from your team. Uh, so I'd probably avoid Zeke for the time being until you can kind of see how that whole offense unfolds. I wish DraftKings would allow us to accumulate Derrick Henry's points by the mile. Okay, <laughs> that that he would still give us a lot of points on DraftKings. He's our next one. Let's just start this tier off here at Derrick Henry at seventy five hundred. I don't know that he's really that playable against Pittsburgh with that price, but at the same time, I don't want to count Derrick Henry out at all. But let's go over all the way to I, I guess I, let's go to Chris Carson because after that, there's some drama. Yeah, well, if Derrick Henry is tough because he can he can break one or two runs like he did the. The last week where he broke for 94 yards, and that about pays off his salary as well. Um, he is going up against the, the Steelers, which kind of helps me stay off of him a bit. Again, I like that steel curtain defense, so I probably will avoid uh, Derrick Henry. Love Aaron Jones this week at 7,200. Uh, he, he really, I don't know, he, he's tough because even with LaFleur there, he's been trying to mix in a lot of Jamal Williams, which I don't get. Um, I feel like the, the Packers are a better offense when Aaron Jones is on the field. 
Uh, I feel like they'll, they'll definitely get him more involved. We just saw what Derrick Henry did to this Texas defense. So I expect Aaron Jones to, to really bounce back, uh, get involved in both the, the running game and the passing game at 7,200. Him and Kamara are probably going to be a couple of my core players this week. Uh, I like James Conner. You look at Pittsburgh, they're not throwing the ball a ton. And that's the, the tough part with their receivers. So when it comes to Roethlisberger, for one, mm-hmm. Roethlisberger's spreading it out. Um, but also, they're just running the ball. Roethlisberger's only thrown for more than 40 attempts once this year. Uh, James Conner seems like he's healthy now. He's evolved again in both the, the running attack and the passing attack. 6,700 uh, against the Titans. He could definitely be in play. He's had 15-plus uh, points uh, his last four games and 20-plus uh, and three out of four. So I like James Conner at 6,700. Mike Davis is getting a lot of action. Um, he's one of the main uh, bell cow backs. Uh, remaining with McCaffrey still on the IR. Uh, so you can play him on volume alone. His price tag did come down $400. Uh, he's involved in the passing game, so if the, the Saints do get out early, uh, he still can be involved because he he does uh, catch passes, so that could help you out for sure. So he's playable at 66. Uh, and then Chris Carson, as you stated, he's kind of just a uh, – I don't know. It feels like he's never getting any of the attention. He's a, he's a really good running back, but a lot of the attention's on Russell Russell Wilson and the receivers like Metcalf and Lockett, which rightfully so. Uh, but Chris Carson is real solid. Uh, again, he's doing both as well. He's able to, to rush and, and catch passes. So 6400 for Carson's a pretty good price tag if you want to be different and kind of get off that passing attack, which is really what I did against the Dolphins. They played the Dolphins in week four, and everyone was on Russ and, and Metcalf and Lockett. And instead, I, I did Fitzpatrick and uh, Parker, and I ran it back with Carson he got me 25. So sometimes that's a way to be contrarian and still get a part of that high offense in Seattle. Joe Mixon is questionable at, at the time that we speak uh, uh, on this podcast here on Tuesday night. I think the last time he was questionable, that was the, that was the week he had a big week. He had 45 points. So I don't know if being a little bit banged up helps him out or not, but it's a great spot for him against the Cleveland Browns and not a terrible price at 6,300, but that's only if he's hurt and he can only score 45 points. I, I, that's what I mean by a little bit of drama here, right? And then James Robinson, he's taking a little step back. CEH, of course, is going to be uh, in competition now with targets with Le'Veon Bell, so we're not quite sure what's going to go on there. Austin, uh, but, and then if we just keep going down here, Jarek McKinnon substituting in. I, I don't know what to do with this little tier. Yeah, this is a real tough range uh, when you look at the, the price range for sure. Uh, if Mixon's out, uh, you, you definitely can look at Bernard at 4500 He'll probably be one of the big salary savers on the week um, if Joe Mixon's ruled out. Um, if he is in, you can play him at 6300 uh, He's getting the volume. He's getting 20-plus uh, touches slash, slash targets um, every week. So he, he's definitely in play at 6300 if you want to, to do that. Um, probably, again, like you said, I'm not going to play CEH. Uh, not knowing how much Le'Veon Bell is going to be involved in that Chiefs offense. Uh, you mentioned Todd Gurley earlier. Uh, he's definitely starting to get some action as well. Uh, he's at 6K. I feel like it's going to be more of the passing attack. I actually uh, think Matt Ryan's going to kind of really try to get Julio and, and, and Calvin Ridley involved. Uh, but Detroit has struggled against the run. So similar to the Chris Carson situation, Todd Gurley could be one that you can look at uh, to kind of sway um, in regards to ownership. We we touched on McKinnon a little bit earlier when I mentioned Mostert being out. A uh, 5800, uh, he's a little high, uh, but he's he's definitely able to paint that off. Um, I just don't know how much Michael Hastings is going to play a part 
in that offense. So McKinnon's probably a stay away for me as well. Uh, not playing Singletary. He, he's out on the field, uh, but he's, he's again splitting with Zach Moss and then Josh Allen steals a lot of that rushing upside. Uh, DeAndre Swift. So he kind of had his breakout uh, last week. Uh, 14 mm-hmm. attempts, 116 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, big, big game against Jacksonville. Again, I mentioned earlier that I actually like Atlanta's run defense, and we, we saw what they did to Madison, but uh, DeAndre Swift can also catch balls as well. Um, so you can see him. He's had uh, three catches, four catches, five catch games so far this year. Uh, so if you want to, again, get away from Marvin Jones, get away from Hawkinson, you can actually do a stack with Stafford um, and Swift since he can't catch balls in, in Holiday at 54. David Johnson is – He's interested to me, and the reason I say that is I really like to play running backs against the Packers, which you don't hear a lot. Um, Ronald Jones kind of showed that last week uh, when you look at what he did, and I don't know if he'll get enough enough touches uh, to do the damage I think he could do, uh, but if you don't want to play Deshaun Watts or any of those receivers, uh, David Johnson's a way of getting a part of that Texans offense and really just kind of run after the Packers to see if that goes goes out to plan. That that could be a play, and I was looking at him too. You know, he's only he's he's at fifty three hundred. He's only scored over fifteen points. And if we talk about a multiplier by three, he's only scored over fifteen points one time in the DraftKings season, and that was that very first game when he found the end zone in that little long, long run against Kansas City. But other than that, I don't know that he could pay off that. But I could see what you're saying too, because uh, what's his name for Tampa Bay had a good game. I, I've been running a bread route this week, Pierre. I've been, so I'm, I'm getting. Ronald Jones, it doesn't help. It doesn't help because of uh, my memory is bad anyway. But Ronald Jones, he did have a good game last week. And and David Johnson still has a little pep to his step. I don't. I didn't hear you say anything yet about Antonio Gibson. And he seems to be doing really well. He's going to be the big name this week. He's in our next tier. And Philip Lindsay showed out. I, I haven't heard an update on Melvin Gordon. I don't know what's going on with Melvin Gordon. I don't know if Lindsay, uh, Lindsay is playable or not. But uh, I like Lindsey, and I also like Gibson in this tier. So I believe Melvin Gordon's going to be back. Um, he just had an illness, so it was nothing to do with his, his DUI situation that took place. Uh, the illness was strep throat, so it wasn't COVID-related. Um, so all things that I've read uh, show that he should be back this week. Uh, so that'll kind of put Lindsey off the board. Antonio Gibson, he's he's I mean, he's an interesting player. I, I give you that. He, his touches are a little hit and miss. Um, when it comes to the, the Washington football team offense, he hasn't had any more than 13 carries uh, when it comes to that. He he is a part of the passing attack, uh, which is definitely helpful. Um, again, he's a former receiver at Memphis. So if he's a, a, able to be in that running game, he definitely could be in play. Uh, we just saw what Kenyon Drake, of all people, did to the, the Cowboys uh, mm-hmm. defense. So it's definitely uh, possible Antonio Gibson can break one. And if you can do a stack, let's say, uh, of Kyle Allen, Antonio Gibson and then McLaurin, you know, it's actually a pretty cheap stack uh, for you to start off with. You can run it back with someone on Dallas and then you can kind of load up on some of those other studs at the other positions if you decide to go that route. Yeah, I think you got to swap out maybe a lineup or two between Gibson and McKissick because McKissick's been getting a lot of run and he's he's getting a lot of catches as well in that Washington offense. Here's another perplexing one. We got Kelly versus Jackson. Kelly's at 5,100. Jackson's at 4,900. Jackson looked a lot better on the field the last time the Chargers mm-hmm. played, but I'm not sure if that's going to be true this week. They may want to feed that rookie. Jackson looked a lot better. Um, 
Josh Kelly hasn't really impressed me. I know a lot of folks were tout him out of UCLA, but he hasn't looked good in the games I watched. Even when Eckler was there and he was spelling him, he's not really hitting the holes. And it could just be, you know, a rookie kind of catching up to the speed of the NFL. Uh, but Jackson definitely seems like he has more bounce. Uh, he's the one that's involved in the, the passing attack as well. Uh, he's cheaper right now. So when you add all those things up, I think Justin Jackson will probably be the play at 4900 over Kelly if I had to pick between the two to save that $200 in salary. You mentioned Hasty being one of those cheap options. He's at 4200 I think another one that may be in play because Buffalo may jump out to that big early lead and then mop up time in the third quarter and the fourth quarter. And like you said, the, the Jets have kind of quit Right now, it seems like on the year, especially the defense usually seems to be the first thing to quit, I, I would imagine, because they don't get a lot of accolades and everything. So they just like, you know, they're out there going through the motions. And Zach Moss at 4,200 kind of looks like a good play to me. Yeah, you, you want to see like how much he's involved. Uh, when you look at that that cheese game, he wasn't involved much. He was there on the goal line. They didn't really give it to him. Uh, but he, he was usually the, the goal line back, which is something you like to see. Uh, if they do get like a pass interference call or get a big play down the goal line, he could come in and definitely rush one in. Um, but he only got five attempts, uh, which is tough to do a lot of damage with only five carries. Um, again, week one, um, he got nine carries against this Jets offense. Uh, he got three catches and a touchdown. Without that touchdown, he really doesn't show up well. Uh, so I'll probably not play him just because I don't know if I like his his usage in the offense right now. Okay, I can see that. Anybody else we missed here in the running backs, or are we ready to build a lineup? No, I think we're I think we're good. Okay, all right, Pierre, help me find a winning lineup outside of my stack that I'm building right here in front of us. All right, so here we're gonna go. I'm gonna actually go with the uh, Packers uh, on this stack here. I like this over under. I like this total. Um, so I'm gonna start with uh, Rogers. I feel like he's going to want to definitely have a, a bounce back game uh, after the, the stinker he put up against Tampa. Again, I'm going to run it back. I'm going to have Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. Uh, big prices on those guys, but I feel like they're the, the main three cogs um, in this Packers offense. Um, when it comes to the Texans, I'm going to look at wide receiver, and I'm going to go Brandon Cooks uh, here at 5,200 to, to kind of have my run back with the Packers. Um, I know I told you this earlier, but I'm going to stick with it. I'm playing Alvin Kamara myself um, at 7,900 against that 32nd-ranked Panthers defense. I feel like he can run up and down the field on them as well as he's involved in the, the passing game. I know you mentioned earlier if you do want to save salary and have a part of that attack, um, Murray, uh, Latavius Murray's down at 4,800 if you want to go that route instead. But I'm going to go Kamara. Uh, it's going to leave me not with too much uh, in regards to salary. So when we go down to defense, uh, I said I want to stay around that that 3K range. I'm going to go with the Saints at 3,200. Um, they're back at home, coming off of uh, the bye week. Uh, they should know uh, Bridgewater a bit from his time. Uh, they're backing up Drew Brees, so I'll take the Saints at 3,200. That only leaves me at 3,800, which really isn't a lot to do too much. Um, but when we go down um, in regards to the receiver range, I know we mentioned uh, McLaurin. He's going to be hard to get in at, at 5,800. Uh, we may be able to do that with a cheap tight end, uh, but I'm going to go all the way down a little bit more uh, to save a little bit of money to, to Juju Smith-Schuster at 5,500. I feel like he's kind of in that, that breakout range. I'm not sure if that's going to be the case. Um, actually, let me go even cheaper uh, than Juju. Let me go to Deontay Johnson at, at 4,200. 
Um, if he plays, I, I like his salary at 42, and he's going to kind of open up things a little bit more uh, with these other two positions. Tight end, super ugly, <laughs> uh, super, super ugly. There, there's yeah. not much here to, to go off of. Uh, when I look at here, I know you liked uh, – well, I won't say you liked it because you always get upset when I say you like. But Logan Thomas at 35 is, is someone you can look at there. Um, if we put him in at 3,500, at least it's 3,900, uh, we can get someone like Demarcus Robinson uh, as a part of that Chiefs attack if we want um, at, at 3,400. Um, actually, we can go – so do this. Let's go Demarcus Robinson at 3,400, then at tight end, get off of Thomas and go up to Austin Hooper at 4K. Um, so that lineup's Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara, Devontae Adams, Brandon Cooks, uh, Deontay Johnson, if he plays, Austin Hooper, Demarcus Robinson, Saints defense. All right, and and I'm gonna say this: we can we can switch it out there. If John who doesn't play, you can drop down to a first curve possibly, and then you might be able to even upgrade on that wide receiver position just a little bit more, uh, or in that flex position anyway. You can you can upgrade in that area as well. All right, that's that's not a bad lineup. I'm I'm having a tough time finding Robinson. Where's Robinson on here? He's just blend. There he is. Quit looking. I found him. All right, quit looking. I found him. I found him right there. I'm entering that quarter lineup. We're going to see how that works out for us this time. If it allows me to, it's acting like it, it can't allow me to. Okay, no, I'm good. I still got a quarter. I got a quarter left in my thing. <laughs> I better have a quarter left in there. I've been coming up some winners lately. All right, so if I ran one, let me let me just do this. Do it. Let's go. All right, so Pierre, what I'm going to do here, I'm going to I'm going to go with my uh, laughable lineup. How about that? Can I do with my a laughable lineup? Just to have fun. All right. Absolutely. I don't know if I'm spending a dime or a quarter, but I'm going to go ahead and do a dime and a quarter just so you can giggle. I think it'll be worth a giggle anyway, just just for this. So who am I? Where's my Joe Flacco? There's my Joe Flacco. I got him. My running back lineups. Um, th- that's the San Francisco guy. I want the San Francisco guy. Who, how old? How much is he? James Hasty. Hasty. Forty-two hundred, and then I'm going with Zach Moss. I'm going with Zach Moss at forty-two hundred as well. My wide receivers. I want to have some wide receivers here. I already called them out once, and you don't think that I, you don't think that it's a good move. But I am going, as you would say, I am flying naked on my San Francisco lineup with Debo Samuel right now. That's what I'm going to do. I'm flying naked with Debo Samuel. I don't think that sounds right, but that's what I'm doing. And then, <laughs> and I got Gabriel Davis down here at 3,600. Um, Vance McDonald as my tight end. I am doing it. I don't care what you say. I am doing it, and I don't care. He just looks – I like that. Or I should go with a Jesse James. I don't know why Jesse James has always been one of those names for me that I've really liked. Or I could go with Jay Graham. You know, Jay Graham is only 2,500. Did you know? Who is Jay Graham? It's not Jimmy Graham. Who is Jay Graham? I don't know. He plays for Atlanta, and it's gotten me a couple of times as I scroll through lineups on DraftKings. I'm like, oh, J- Jimmy Graham's only 2,400. Wait, that's Atlanta. What in the world? Yeah, I'm not going to – I will not I will not confirm or deny that I've ever put Jay Graham in a lineup. I will not ever <laughs> tell you if I did that or not. Yeah, 0.01 ownership, Wes Easley on Jaden Graham. There it is. <laughs> I'm going with the Washington football team against Dallas. They're going to have to prove me differently. All right, so that's what I'm going to do there. And that leaves me with $11,550 per player. You can so play I- anyone you want from here on out. 
I am taking DeAndre Hopkins, and I will go ahead. I, I, I'm not going to put Kamara in there. I don't like the Kamara pick at all. That's just me. And I'm going to put in the – I love your Calvin Ridley pick against Detroit. I'm going to put in Calvin Ridley, okay? Those are the hosses bringing it home, big dog. Those are the hosses. They're going to have to do more than bring it home, but I'm going to see what happens. <laughs> You should see this lineup. Enter this lineup and more contests. No, I don't think so. I don't. I don't. That's not going to happen. Hey, we appreciate you listening to the DFS Dreamers. We have a lot of fun on this podcast with one another. Uh, Pierre and I have only known each other for a couple of months now, but it seems like it's a long-term relationship here. So I appreciate you, Pierre. Thank you for dedicating yourself to this program each and every week. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Wes. All right. Make sure you follow Pierre on Twitter at Peewee31. Don't forget to follow me as well at Loafinit on Twitter, where you will hear me rant and rave about Fitzpatrick for the next two weeks, probably. But you can also follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore. And we have links to all the different host names right up there underneath the bio. And you can see our fit picks that we put up each and every week. Uh, I think I'm in third place. I think I'm in third place at this point, maybe fourth place. I, I'm not sure. But uh, you can find all our fit picks right there. And don't forget to head over to Anchor FM. Subscribe to the show on whatever platform you like to listen to the show on and make sure you tell your friends about the show tag us in any kind of dfs questions that you have on sunday tag us not only in those dfs questions but also your friends let us let them know about the show listenership is always going up and that's just a wonderful thing so i applaud you listeners thank you so much for your help make sure you subscribe to the show slap those stars leave a review if you can but more importantly than all those actions we always encourage you to go out and find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today.